West Coast Baseball. I hate it. Hey, good morning. RJ's in the house. Yeah, Nelly is on vacation today and all next week. And I got to say, the little man needs it. He needs the, the, the rest relax, put a little maple syrup in the hair, just recharge, recharge, <laughs> and then come back strong. Um, what would that be? July 25th. Uh, would that be that Monday? Yeah. But I will say this. There was no relaxing for Nelly last night. <laughs> I showed you the text messages. Yes. I was getting. It was, I got a novel. I'm it, surprised you didn't send that to both of us. I, I don't know. He was. I, he sent it to like four other people. RJ, I'm surprised you didn't make the cut. Oh, speaking of the cut, the open underway. Maybe he knew as uh, I was sleeping. Round two uh, for the oh, open. But uh, we'll check get, my DraftKings. We'll get to that. We'll get to that a little <laughs> later. Uh, last night, though, man, uh, West Coast baseball. It was, what eight forty five first pitch. Oh, it was tough. I I nodded off when the Brewers were tied. When it was a tie ball game, two to two is when I nodded off. I don't know how I did it. That but was in the sixth inning. I fell asleep after the wild pitch and the single i don't remember anything uh was, so like so that, that was like you fell asleep probably on the fourth inning i'd say something like that third yeah. and fourth yeah oh, by then it was like what 10 o'clock it was yeah but and i tough. mean that sounds odd to say it was 10 o'clock and i was dog tired well, I, but i swore <laughs> i go to i go to bed you know i mean we get up early rj and so i'm not trying to complain about it or saying you know there's always someone getting up Earlier than me, Earlier yada, yada, yada. but when doing you got manual labor, you got, look at you. What do you got to do? You got to sit in a chair and talk. I got to flap my gums, drink some coffee <laughs> about and, about the stuff that yeah. that you didn't watch. I watched it. So, so when there's like long, if I I'm fall asleep, though, so. if I fall asleep or there's like a late game or a long game or whatever, uh, and it, you know maybe I nod off or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you go to YouTube and you type in like the the Brewers played the Giants last night, you type in Brewers Giants, and there's always. Um, a recap yep. video. It's like 10 minutes long, and you get to watch uh, the recap video. Obviously, you don't get all the nuances of it all, but you get the big moments of the I game. Mean, at that point, you don't need the Yeah, nuances. I mean, you, you see some of the nuances in baseball. It's like, okay, I just watched an inning where no one got a hit for you know the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Oh, no one really did anything. Uh, but yeah, you get... Well, not the ninth last night, but you get my point. Like you, you go to YouTube and you watch it, and you're like, okay, I can get it. So I fell asleep. I probably kicked off around when the game was tied. So it was somewhere around the bottom of the six, I would say. And I'm like, okay. uh, I missed. <laughs> you missed. I missed Devin Williams, Jonathan it, Davis, little blooper. <laughs> the, the bloop. That's as that's just as good as a bunt. I know. <laughs> Uh, and I missed uh, Dev- Devin Williams coming in for uh, his 26th appearance without allowing a run and his sixth save of the season. So Devin Williams pitched the game before. Yeah. Is Josh Hader? Obviously didn't pitch because Devin Williams came on to save it. Uh, is Josh Hader like getting a little rest and relaxation like one rowdy is before the All-Star was, break here? Was he with the team? Oh, that's a good point. I guess I don't know if you. Yeah, I, I don't know if he made the the trip. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. Maybe they're just like, you know what, Hater, it's time to go home a little early because I know you're doing it for the All Star break. I'll have to look into that because I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Devin Williams, Devin Williams, dude, is absolutely electric. Uh, he was crazy, like the airbender, uh, one strikeout, but he only didn't allow anything. I yeah. mean, he came in and just shut it down. That's all that really matters. But Corbin Burns, holy shnikes, <laughs> the most the most he's pitched all season, 115 pitches. Seven and one-third innings. Uh, one earned run, gave up two, though, in that wild pitch you are talking about, RJ. And then uh, ten strikeouts for Corbin Burns. And how about this, Arj? How do you, like, 
Oh, keep going. No, this, no, this, no, 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 no. This has, build it up. Build this it up. has to deal with the other side of the ball, though. Okay, I was so. say Corbin Burns, and we'll get this a little later, too. Corbin Burns with the 10Ks and now passed Giovanni Gallardo for, for most double-digit strikeout games in franchise history. Yeah. And Giovanni Gallardo was, was there for a while. Yeah. Corbin yeah. Burns. And, heck, we're talking about a dude who had to be sent down to double-A to get right. Yeah, just two seasons ago he went to double-A, then went to pitching lab to get himself right. All right, yeah. so what, you were going to say what now, Arge? How do you, how do you go ahead? And have 13 hits. I know. And produce three runs. I don't. Yeah, the Giants had four hits. The Brewers had 13. And left 29 guys on base. That's Isn't that absurd? So the second inning, when you were and I were still awake, dude, they loaded the bases. You got the bases loaded. What was there? One out, I think? Bases loaded. Yeah. And three straight outs. Th- or, yeah, there's, no, was, there's zero was, outs. There's no outs. Yeah. Was that the second? Yeah. But the top yeah. of the second. Yeah, top of the second. Zero. Bases loaded, zero outs. Uh, because then Rodone went boom, boom, you boom. Had a, you had a walk, right? Yeah. A walk. Uh, Rowdy's, Rowdy's, Rowdy's curveball back into play. Where the Giants like <laughs> didn't know if it was out of bounds or you know whatever it was. If it, the wind blew it back in and then they And then that it. single and they held, uh, was it Urias or Domus uh, that got that walk? I think Urias was on base. And yeah, then, so they held him and then, and then it was like, Boom, boom, boom. And you're like, oh. You're like, oh, okay. Well, that's I mean, really I think lame. it was a good choice not to send him because the outfielder wasn't that deep. So yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm okay with it. But when but, the bases are loaded, yeah. you have zero outs, and you're a professional baseball team, <laughs> and you come away with nothing. You're like that, that typical Brewers uh, half know. inning where you're like, what's more, what's more typical of the Brewers? Uh, something like that, what we just described last night? Or there's one out. And then the Brewers get uh, a guy on first, and then they hit into a double play. I feel like that's classic Brewers. You get a guy on first, one out, and then they hit yeah. into a double play. That's pretty classic Brewers. But I, I really think the <laughs> bases loaded, no outs is a Brewers move. And then they almost did it again yeah. a little later in the game. But then that's when they got their, uh, what was that, the fourth inning. And that's when they got their run finally, uh, bases loaded again. And you're like, you're like, how can you not produce more runs? Here's my philosophy how on this. to these kids? How do I how do I reach these kids? How do I reach these professional baseball players? But here's my theory on this, RJ. And it was like Brandon Woodruff last year, because remember Woodruff, Woodruff would be in the mound. Yeah. He'd be ac- absolutely electric. And then the Brewers offense wouldn't do diddly poo. <laughs> Corbin Burns suffers the same thing. Corbin Burns on the mound oh. last night. And the offense of the Milwaukee Brewers do diddly poo. My theory is, much like last year when Woody was so good, and this year when well, I mean Burns won the NL Cy Young, and then we go and Burns this year, who's having a better first half of the season than he was last year. Yep. The Brewers are, so, and you've heard me say this before. The Brewers are so enamored and so like in awe of Corbin Burns that they want to, as fast as possible, <laughs> they're like get the, out of the inning. They're, they're like the Sandlot watching yeah. Benny Rodriguez. Yeah, they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> be on offense. I don't want to hit because I'm, I'm, I'm missing my guy Corbin do his thing. I'm going to strike out as fast as I can. Get out and then watch Corbin Burns go pitch because he's phenomenal. Corbin Burns. That's that's my theory, RJ. Yeah, that's my theory on it all. <laughs> uh, but with the uh, and again, I'm not gonna, I'm not calling out my guy Rowdy over here. But Rowdy, I think Rowdy. I mean, he's very passionate about baseball, like to the point where yeah. it's like we maybe, maybe need to stop watching some games every now and then, bud. Yeah, it's like there's 162 <laughs> games. I don't watch all of them. RJ, do you watch all of them? I mean, I physically can't. I mean, things happen, things I'll, come up. I, yeah. I watch the majority. I mean, like uh, the second Twins game, I was golfing, did not watch it. Yeah, I happened to be watching that game because it was on YouTube. Yeah, but I was out. I was outside, tan, well, tanning. Just t- say it. 
tanning, yeah. but also doing some yard work. I was watering my plants, and uh, I'm, I'm putting some edging in or whatever. But yeah, I was doing that, and I had my laptop outside, so you know, I'm watching it, whatever. Yeah. And But there's other times where it's like a night game, like I'll be out to eat with my, my, my folks, or I'll be out to go with, with Jen on a date night, or yada, yada, yada. My, but, guy, my guy, Rowdy. Baseball's always that companion. Like, you can put it on and ha- and listen for a crack of a bat. Yeah. And then look, yeah. whereas other sports you kind of have to pay a little more attention to. Like um, like, like NFL, like football, college, yeah. college football, Saturday, Sundays. I'm like to my, my, my wife, Jen, I'm like, hey, you know, Badgers are playing. <laughs> you know. Badgers are playing. I'm about to carve out four hours here. All right, we'll get to you later. <laughs> or on Sundays, like, hey, Packers are playing about three and a half hours here. We'll get to and, you later. And there's other NFL games, so yeah. really the whole day. So Sunday, Jen, you really we buy a week for the Packers, <laughs> then there's your chance. But yeah, but baseball, it's nice because you can get in the car. Like, let's say it's a state night. You can get in the car, you listen on the radio, Bob Buecher is absolutely awesome, or, you know, who's ever on the call if they're on the road. And then you get to the bar or wherever you want to eat. Maybe there's a TV, you got it mm-hmm. on the background. And then you can, like I said, watch on YouTube, or you can look at your phone, you can read about it. Uh, baseball is so many different ways to consume. You're told, there's so right. many games, so it's tough. And when it's a West Coast baseball game, oh. at 845 it's first tough. pitch, you're like, all right. I know I'm probably going to fall asleep watching this, but the thing is, I can rewatch it in the morning. Like, there are times I'll purposefully not watch, like, West Coast baseball, like, if it's middle of the week, Mm -hmm. because I know if something happens that upsets me, (laughs) you know, because that that still happens. Like, you get pissed off. Yeah. Uh, I won't be able to sleep. I'll end up watching the whole game. And then my next day is just going to be ruined. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so Rowdy, for example, who's he, even, even if they win, it'll still be like, why did I stay up? So, well, today, Friday, Rowdy's off and then off all next week. Yeah. Rowdy literally took today off because the Brewers played last night at 845. That's fine. And I said, have at it, dude. You have vacation days to burn. You yeah. have it. He literally took today off because the Brewers are playing West Coast baseball. And uh, Rowdy, Rowdy was... Let's see, uh, uh, a new caller had called in Vincent in the 8 o'clock hour, I think, last week. And Rowdy went, sometimes Rowdy goes on these Rain Man rants about, like, OPS and ER, like, every stat you could ever imagine for uh, the Brewers. But he's also a guy who doesn't believe in analytics. Correct, but he'll go on these, like, these Rain Man stats <laughs> for, like, 15 minutes where it's like, I don't know who talks longer, him or Rob oh, Reichel when you take a speaking breath. Speaking of Rain Man, did you hear uh, uh, Eric on I-90's call with Grant last night? I, I, no, I didn't. What oh, he dude, he broke down like the minutes that a rookie could spend on a bench and how many minutes like uh, of plate time uh, a rookie could feel pressure. Oh, man. Oh, Eric. It, he went down into it. It was great. Eric on I-90, recycle it on this show. I would it, love to hear it. It comes down to like 10 minutes of quote unquote pressure time at the plate. <laughs> I'd love to hear it, Eric. During a three hour Eric, game. I think you're listening and call in. I'd love to hear it. Uh, but uh, Rowdy last night. It was night awesome. Was going, Rowdy messaged me novels at like 2 a.m. He was mentioning a guy Sports Pad. He was mentioning a guy Corey and Marshall. Mentioning a guy Fuller. Uh, and it was him and it's just uh, basically him just like going ham and, and just mad about the Milwaukee Brewers. And people were like, hey, Rowdy, put down the coffee or put down the upper drugs, put down this and this. Rowdy doesn't do any of that. No. He literally just drinks water. And the thing that drives Rowdy... And he's high on life. I wouldn't say he's high on life, but the thing he's... The thing, RJ, <laughs> the, the thing that drives Rowdy is anger. I, I've dubbed him the world's angriest man. He's like Hulk. He, he's like Hulk, except the, the, the opposite version, because he doesn't grow bigger. But he's like the world's angriest man. So the Brewers, if he's very passionate about it, to the point where it consumes his life, I think it almost drives him crazy. You know, like Russell Crowe? 
in uh, Beautiful Mind. Oh, I was thinking Britney Spears. You drive me crazy. Oh, what about Britney Spears when she shaves her head and goes nuts? Uh, she did. Uh, that's more rowdy, is this? She, she didn't. You Come on. The she, lunatic fringe is what rowdy know, lives on. Lunatic fringe. So we're glad that he's taking a vacation day to day and next week. Uh, but yes, he's, he just wrote me novels and novels about the Brewers last night and then about the Razor's Edge. I'll get to that at 650 and 850. But we're just glad my guy is on vacation because Vincent, one of the new callers, called in and after rowdy went on his Rain Man tangent. And he's like, rowdy. You need to get a woman in your life. And Rowdy goes, Vincent, I'm married to the game. So we'll get to Wisconsin football momentarily. But first, I got a very intriguing email from uh, the UW Athletic Department. Oh, okay. I wanted to read this for you. The athletic Department sending you stuff? Well, I mean, I'm on the. They send it to all the media outlets and whatever. Oh. But, and RJ, apparently, I didn't know this, that it happens every four years. Okay. Wisconsin basketball is going to France. Chocolate oh, yeah, bleu. Yeah. yeah so every four years, they're allowed a, a trip. Yeah. So they're going to France. For like enrichment. F- for that. And also they're going to have a four-game trip. So a 10-day four-game trip. Yeah. So opponents will be released at a later date. But they're going to Francais. They're, I mean, they're French teams. <laughs> Chocolate bleu with Pepe Le Pé. They probably just like a baguette. lock down the travel stuff. So they're like, oh, crap. Now we need to get teams. <laughs> so you're like, ah, man. Ah. So they see the Badgers will welcome in a number of new faces into the program with the addition of new freshmen and transfers. The French tour looks to serve as a bonding experience and a springboard heading into the 2022-2023 season. Yeah. And last time, uh, the team's first tour since going to Australia and New Zealand in 2017. Yeah. So a little, little over four years. Yeah, uh, COVID, I think. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get to, you went to, did you go to J- Hawaii? Oh, Hawaii. Yeah. Japan. That was like in the 90s. Okay, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I feel like maybe you went as like a fan or something. But <laughs> no. yeah, so you got to go to Hawaii with the football team. But yeah, that, was that, this, that's a little different than what this is, right? Like, yeah, th- this is like, they're going to be going like probably in August. Yeah, August seventh to seventeenth. Yeah. So, so a ten day trip. There, it, it it's like you've seen them like when they were in Australia playing like the Breakers and like uh, a couple of those yeah. professional Australian teams. Like, God, how do they do against them? I can't remember. It's it's essentially well, twenty seventeen. I mean, that, you still had some good players on that team. Uh, <laughs> hey, those are some good players coming up. Yeah, I, hope. No, I hope they got Isaac Guard. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's essentially <laughs> you know a nice little loophole to have team contact bring and camaraderie coaching and getting yeah i mean you're not going to be doing anything outside of sightseeing together and playing basketball <laughs> i love this tweet i got from jeff bonding experience aka french chicks <laughs> hairy armpits <laughs> let's see here uh, in 2017 i found one box score they beat the hawthorne magic 75 to 68 in melbourne australia Kobe King, remember that name? Oh yeah, led the way with 18 points. Man, what a what a what a flashback! Uh, but yeah, Wisconsin is going to uh, Lyon for. Uh, let's see, they're going to Paris, then Lyon, and will they have some games? Then they'll head to South France for the final three days of the trip. Will they they'll play Nice uh, or just South France? Paris, Lyon, and then south of France. You don't pronounce the S if you're going for the French version. It's Paris, Paris, Lyon, and South of France. <laughs> The Mediterranean France. You betcha. So, yeah, we got a little Wisconsin flavor over there. 
Um, oh hey, and, oh oh yeah, there. I like your baguette there. We're <laughs> here. We're here for Leon. <laughs> yeah, we're here for Leon. You know where Leon is? Paris, Leon. Oh Paris, don't you know? Southwest yeah. France. Oh, he's Wisconsin nice. <laughs> I don't like. All right, so yeah, that'll be pretty fun, man. For that, those that'll guys. be one place you really don't want to like try to compare cheeses to because Fr- France has some good cheeses. <laughs> so does Wisconsin, though. Wisconsin. Wisconsin has won like the world cheese championships yeah, bring, a bunch. Bring over some Sargento and just put it down and be like, beat that. I know for a fact because <laughs> was Pam Pam Yonke, You still here? You listening? We need Pam to get your ass in here. Uh, I know Wisconsin has won the world cheese championship a few times or a bunch, a handful of times. Uh, so that'll be cool for the Badgers, man. Going to France. Uh, I'm going to check it out. All right, RJ. When it comes to uh, Wisconsin football, though. Um, I didn't ask Ben if I could play this. Ben, can I play this clip? Um, I here's what I under. You're, you're the director of the. That's true. Yeah, you I don't think, have to ask. He already played. I know he's going to play it last night, and and Braylon Allen already said it the Thursday before too. And also, I'm a big guy. When it, I'm a big believer in, you don't ask for permission. You ask for forgiveness. And I don't care if Ben forgives me or not. I do love you, Ben. He's coming in uh, after you, RJ. Uh, but Braylon Allen was on the highly successful and critically acclaimed show Kenny and Heilprin which you can check out Thursday, 6 to 7. If there's a Brewers game, then they just do it. Well, it's always in podcast form. Uh, but you can also check it out on the podcast as well, Kenny and Heilprin. Mm. But Braylon Allen 20, says 2016, it stuff. appears a Grand Crew something won it from Wisconsin. I know. I know. Wisconsin wins world, the yeah. World Cheese Championship. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. It's the research department tapped me on the shoulder. Uh, take that, Frenchies. And said, you don't need Pam. We work here. It's chowda. <laughs> All right. So, RJ, Braylon Allen. It said something about Ohio State. Obviously, uh, Wisconsin. F him. No doubt about that. Barry Alvarez said that, too. Then we went out and beat him. Yeah, you were, you were in there, right? Yeah. What did, what, so Barry Alvarez came in the locker room, and what did he say? No, no, no. So it was like uh, the game, night before the Shaber to Evans game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, Barry, like, you know, it's a walkthrough. So when you're done, you go to the team bus and you leave. But... Defense got done first, and he's like, "Nope, stay on the field. Go over to our sidelines and and like started talking about the history of Iowa State and A big powwow with you guys like, there, and just started. I mean, it's it's one of those. It just started like effing them, like f this, f, f, f Woody Hayes, f the 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 bell tower, f script Ohio, f, and like yes, just go, and yes. like f the. Well, he didn't. He, we don't recognize the <laughs> F the word the trademark now. Yeah. Um, F it, <laughs> F it. And I've always hated that word. Everybody was so jacked up. We could have we could have played and probably dominated Ohio State like that night. But you know, had to wait another twenty four hours for the game. And then you and, did it. And then and then they did it. So yeah, it was. I did it. I did it. I did it. There's there's a there's there, there's a hate there. Oh, yeah, there's a hate there. Well, there's a hate for me there, too, because they're always so damn good. And yeah. I feel like it's like every once decade we beat them. Yeah. But Wisconsin Badger football schedule, uh, it's the battle of the states for the first four. It goes Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State, all at Camp Randall. And then on the 24th, you round up the states. You go to the shoe to take, them on, up. <laughs> to take on Ohio State. Badgers, we already looked at the line there's earlier still this week. Michigan State in there, too. When's that one? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Badgers are 15 and a half point dogs against the Buckeyes already. On September 24th. It's like one, you look at it. Michigan State's October 15th, by the way. So that'll be the last state. That'll be the last state. But the Ohio, the Ohio State. We don't have to recognize that. It's only trademarked for uh, apparel purposes. Sorry, the Ohio State. Yeah. 
September 24th at the Shoe. Braylon Allen had a They're, great comment. They've already announced that as a blackout game, so they'll be wearing their special all-black uniforms. Is it on ABC, I think, too? Uh, not announced yet. I thought I thought it was announced on ABC, but the time wasn't announced yet. No, I've, I've, it could be, but... There's something still, that came out with the schedule where it was like going to be a, a big primetime game. All right, so anyways, Wisconsin... It probably will be. Wisconsin, Ohio State, September 24th. 15 and a half point dogs already. Maybe we need Barry Alvarez to come and give the, the F speech again. F Maybe. This, F that, F the shoe, F, Ohio, F Ryan Day, F all their draft prospects. <laughs> Raylan Allen had this to say on Kenny and Heilprin. Fantastic show with our one young Ben Kenny and Zach Hubbard, sports director. Take a listen to what uh, he had to say. Here you go. And I'm, I'm really excited for Ohio State. I think um, going, to, going to the shoe will be a good challenge for us. For us and, um, you know, I'm excited to see. Um, first of all, how our defense will hold up against an offense like that and um, just how we can come together as a team and, you know, try to to um, play well against, you know, one of the best teams in the country. So I think we can do that. I'm, I'm very confident in ourselves, and I'm going to take us over them every, any day, any time in the week. Um, so, yeah, definitely those two for sure. What else are you going to say? That's exactly what I was going to say, too. It's like, well, what else do you want him to say? He didn't even say nine times out of ten. He basically said, I'll take us ten times out of ten. Let's see here one more time. One of the best teams in the country. So I think we can do that. I'm I'm very confident in ourselves, and I'm going to take us over them any day, any time in the week. Um, So, yeah, definitely those two for sure. Again, what do you want him to say? I love the confidence Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, My question is, It's like Graham Mertz. He says all the right stuff. Yeah, but and, then you get him on the field. Yeah, and, but it's not like he's going out there and being like, oh, yeah, we're probably going to get our butts kicked. Hey, Graham Mertz does one thing and one thing really well. The best thing about Graham Mertz's game is the game that he talks about his game. Well, it's not necessarily. And the Badgers he, game. He, he, he's he's a very confident guy. Right. This is not a knock. This is He's a very confident guy. He's he's big believer in his skill set. He's big believer yeah. in the team. And that's exactly what you want. That's, yeah. You don't want a guy out there like, man, I don't know. Yeah, that's Ohio State. We're probably going to ask this character. You don't want that. Like that's terrible. My question to RJ is: I mean, Braylon Allen is a beast. Braylon Allen is a guy that can stand up to the likes of an Ohio State defense. Mm-hmm. What on the Badgers though gives you a a yes they can do it kind of thing over Ohio State? Or is it one of those man? If we play them ten times, maybe that one time we get lucky and everything goes our way and we beat them. Like, is there something that can now, ease now the you're, mind? Now you're delving into the miracle speech. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nine times out of ten, they probably beat us, instead, but not tonight. Okay, I got it. Instead of, <laughs> instead of Barry Alvarez giving the FU speech, we need Kurt Russell to come yeah, to bring Kurt the, uh, the miracle speech. Not tonight. Tonight, we play with them. Tonight, we play <laughs> well, it's what, with them. But. RJ, what can you tell me and, uh, and everyone out there listening uh, that can ease the minds of this matchup coming? I know it's a ways away, but ease the mind. I mean, Braylon Allen's a key, obviously. Yeah. He's a beast. Like, what else on this Badgers team that can be like, we we can do it. We can handle Ohio State. I Until and, they prove us wrong, it's got to be the defense. Because every year they don't they don't rebuild. Right. They reload. Right. And, yeah, going to be a little young in the secondary, but you brought in some some uh, transfers to kind of help there. Uh, you even moved a, a guy from DBs over to receiver to try to help out there because you had uh, what's-his-face couldn't wait for one more season to be, you know, a one or two. Who was that The transferred to Virginia? Oh, yeah. Only to have Brock come in at all. <laughs> <laughs> Quit. And he's like, oh, man. Nah, nah. Um, 
Oh, see, Ben but, was talking about what the corners are going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but once again, well, I mean, Jimmy Leonard's you got out there the transfers teaching. in there. Uh, safeties you'll be young at, but I mean, we've seen Hunter Wohler look like he he's going to be the next guy at safety. Um, and they believe you still have John Torchio back there. And uh, well, I'm not worried I mean, about you know, yeah. the defense. I, We're not worried about the defense. Yeah, not you, you worried said, about the. Defense. I think you said it best. It was until they, they prove, prove us, wrong. us wrong. Like the defense is going to be a top ten, top five. Defense until they can prove us wrong. Yeah. It's it's one of those where I'm solely looking at the offensive side of the ball, Ugh. and the odd thing is, I think the biggest plus is having Bob Bosted back coaching the O line. Yeah, I that that has nothing to do with a player. Well, when you have a really good coach. It really brings out the best in players right. and the scheme and the fit and the yeah. yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, I I really think that's going to be the biggest thing this season. I think we're going to see improved O-line play, which is going to help out Braylon Allen. Yeah, and Graham Mertz. Right, but, yeah. I, I mean, like, you look at good performances. Like, yeah. Braylon Allen did well behind an O-line most people thought was lacking yeah, the a, last like few years. Back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Think of a better O line. Like you see all those pictures of like uh, gaps you and I could get through and not get touched for five yards. Okay. You know, yeah. like it, it's that. Like the return to the kind of no nonsense. I'm gonna mow you over, and you're not gonna get back up until the whistle blows. Love it. Like that's the kind of mentality that's coming in here, and it feels like. Over the past few seasons, that hasn't been there. Yeah, it really has been lacking. What since um, what two, three? I yeah, mean, ever since Horn at like the end of Hornybrook, maybe, yeah. and then yeah. Um. So whatever happened there, it's, it's well. Like, that I think that you, was you. But the thing is, thing. you haven't. You have your recruiting hasn't gone down. No, it seems the development of the offensive line has gone down, and that's that's solely on the coach. Yeah, and and we've talked about it. It. And whether it was uh, taking on play calling duties uh, and whether or not he was actually calling the plays like there were rumors that Paul Christ was still calling the plays and you could tell when he was calling the plays because he had the card in his hand on yeah. some games, some games he didn't. Um, and well, it was uh, the Minnesota game when they were going to go punt. Yeah, I, I think. What was it? Paul Christ had no idea that they were going to punt. Right. Yeah, when the game was on the like, line, like it's legit. like what? Some he had to call the timeout yeah. to say, "What are you doing?" Yeah, it's like what's like, going on? It, here? It's like and yeah, I mean at that point, so you, the coaching step, Bob Bostead, big linchpin with that line, and I then think the line so. is then the linchpin, obviously for Braylon Allen, right. Graham Burks, etc. I mean, look, we've seen it, and I mean the Michigan. Well, game. they always say the game's one in the trenches, when, right? When RJ? the Michigan game was over and. Michigan's less talented guys were in, and the O line. We even had our second yeah. O line in. Mertz was able to like start connecting to Chimray DK and, and the younger receivers. That's another one I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, those the, the transfer. Uh, I love I love the Jack Dunn story. Same, but, but why was he playing over but, some of these guys? Yeah, who's the guy that came in? Um, uh, the transfer wide receiver. God, I miss his name uh, from UCLA. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for that. Too. Yeah. But like you're you're looking at these receivers where 
like a lot of new blood coming in for receivers. Yeah. I mean, um, you like Pryor. Deontay like, Lewis. Yeah. That's what it is. You like Pryor. You like uh, Danny Davis. Jimmy Dickey is going to be a baller. But, like, yeah, it's one of those. I'm looking forward to seeing new blood. What these guys can do, led by Chimray DK. Because yeah. like, new blood, um, new I mean, blood. Marcus Allen is, is one that's out there that uh, we should be looking forward to. Um, uh, Dean Ingram, uh, like so some, new, some of these guys. Like, yeah, you just don't know what you have there. There he is. I knew he'd be coming. I knew he'd be coming. <laughs> uh, but, but, before we get to him, and it, it's going to be exciting to see what some of these bigger. And what you perceive a little more athletic wide receivers are going to do. Yeah. Usa, Usa. Uh, RJ, you don't strike me as a uh, a guy who listens to corn. Um, the band corn. I, I know corn. K O R N R uh, backwards. You're correct. I'm not a religious corn listener. I was once in the early 2000s. Yeah, I've outgrown it. I, I still listen from time to time. I guess. Uh, Jonathan Davis, the Milwaukee Brewer, shares the same name as the corn lead singer. Well, so does the former Badger basketball player. Correct. Probably a few people. <laughs> both, both getting the done. Little, little, little scats here. Scat man on the vocals. Little scat hits for Jonathan Davis last night for the Brewers. <laughs> and he crushed a single. <laughs> They just and he crushes a unintentional small ball bunt for the Brewers to win three to two. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I did it. So yeah, a little tie in Jonathan Davis, the corn lead singer. He's a scatter, and Jonathan Davis last night the Milwaukee Brewers scatting some stuff around from walks to little blooper hits to just being the man. Unsung heroes for the Milwaukee Brewers. RJ has been. Uh, you know, what's can you know, making this team go these past couple of years when mm-hmm. someone like when a Christian Yelich is faltering. Now, Yelly uh, was part of the reason why they won last night. Really some great base running, too, from Jonathan Davis. But there's been guys stepping up like a Mike Brousseau. There's a Jace Peterson. There's a Jonathan Davis. Now, uh, this is what the Brewers are going to need to do if they want to keep maintaining their lead in the NL Central. And I know as frustrating as it can be sometimes. There are still subtle nuances. Like they had 14 hits, but only won three to two. They still won the game. I see a lot of people freaking out about it online. Let me ask you, before we get to Dave Essler, are you one of those, like, you should have won by more, you should have done this and this, or is it like, yo, it's professional ball, they got to win. Yeah, get they your won. wins. They they don't ask how, they ask how many. Yeah, um, and 162 is a lot. Right. And, uh, yeah, in-game, you can be like, I mean, you left bases loaded twice. <laughs> like, come on. And, and they capitalized <laughs> once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, yeah. So there, there, there's the scenario where in game I'm like, how, how do you let this happen? Like you're professionals. Brewers with runners in scoring position are horrible. Yeah, like not good. And I mean, I can't remember, but I think at once they were either last or second to last in uh, batting average with runners in scoring position. But yeah, in game it turns into, well, what the heck? But like if you get the win, it turns into. All right, you got the win. Let's yeah. move on to the next game. But if you take the loss, you can point right to it and be like, you left 29 guys on base. <laughs> like, we had to double check that multiple times. 29 guys left on base. MLB.com. 29. 29. And then what? Well, ESPN yes. says 14, but we went and added it all up. It's 29. Like, you had. How's that even two like. Two innings where you 
that Isn't that insane? Six guys. That's insane. And they had like people on base every inning. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. The second inning, when they left, the bases loaded, zero outs. Zero outs, bases loaded, strikes out. Yeah. Rodon, Rondon, one, two, three, after the bases loaded, no outs. Yeah. It's like, just get a deep pop fly. <laughs> Sack fly it, baby. What are you doing? I think RJ said we were 50 days away from the start of Wisconsin Badger football. Does that sound right? That might have been yesterday. Matt LePay on Twitter has done a countdown of sorts. I'll check. Yeah, it's coming up. I got my Phil Steele college football preview book in the mail yeah, this morning. You're pretty excited about that. Very you? excited. But that's nerd stuff. I just I just read as much as I can. I get into it as much as I can. So we got a lot of uh, people chiming in right now. Our guy Corey and Marshall said, really looking forward to you guys' Badger talk. Um, and he says this, I maintain this team will go how Mertz goes. And I think that's, uh, you know, obviously that's the big bugaboo about the Badgers right now is quarterback play. And G-Dub, who was coming after you for uh, you not reading his tweet last night at Kenny and Isle, friend. But again, I, I think it's a, the, your account is set to private, G-Dub. So I think it's, if the people don't follow you back, they can't see what you respond to them. Um, so I think that's what it is. So G-Dub had asked this, and I want to get your opinion on it, Ben, because it's, you know, it's the, the burning question. Here's a question for you guys, says G-Dub, specifically, and this goes for Corey and Marshall as well. What does Mertz need to change about his game to help the Wisconsin Badgers win? Now, RJ said, because we were looking at the uh, look-ahead line for the Ohio State game, the fourth game of the season, Badgers are already 15.5-point underdogs. And RJ had said, well, what I like is Bob Bosted back with the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line, they always say, what's, what's the old adage? That the games are won in the trenches, right? And we always know that Wisconsin has a really good defense, uh, they have a really good line usually, but the last couple of years has been a little suspect for Wisconsin Badgers uh, offensive linemen. But if you have a good line, Ben, Braylon Allen will be able to do his thing more effectively, and therefore Graham Mertz will be able to do his thing more effectively. But, I mean, is it as simple as limit the turnovers from Graham Mertz? What is it that Graham Mertz needs to change, about if he does need to change, about his game for uh, it to bode well for the Badgers? Huh, there's a lot there. There, uh, there definitely is. Number one. It's consistency. There were flashes of really good play. I think back to the end of the first half of the Michigan game and those two throws to Chimere DK that led down to the touchdown. That is exactly what we thought Graham Mertz was and could be. The problem is we didn't see that Graham Mertz show up the rest of the season, even during the games where his stats look great and he threw a lot of touchdowns thinking Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska, he played well. Number one, most of the throws were still a couple seconds late. The defenses weren't great. So number one is consistency, that once he hits a peak, he knows how to stay there, and also he knows when to maybe take some off, or he doesn't need to fit a ball in a certain place. The biggest thing for me is timing. I mean, you go back to the Notre Dame game, and there was a glaring clip that came out of Kendrick Pryor running a four yard out. It's third and two. You need what, three yards. What quarter was this? Was this in the fourth one? Second all quarter. Oh, the fourth is when all unraveled for him. But yeah, second. No, quarter. it was still a game at this point. Wisconsin had driven down a little bit. Pryor's running a four yard out. It's third and two. You need three yards. And Grammar's. It's one of those design rolls to the right. He's going to hit Pryor breaking to the sideline. And Pryor was open for probably a two to three second window. The ball could have been there. But Mertz pumped, and then he ended up delivering the ball far too late. So what does he need to change? Is it's 
it's a confidence thing, I think, on the field where sometimes the throws aren't necessarily made. Like he can make well, he's every a, throw. He's a very confident guy too. Like when you when he in his pressers and whatnot, he's very very keen on his own abilities, and that's what you want from a quarterback. But on the field, Ben, confidence, confidence in that he he can make every throw. Though sometimes you kind of see that the throws aren't made because maybe he doesn't think he can fit it in there or whatever else. But it's about timing for me. It's the rhythm and the timing, and a lot of that is you go back to Jack Cohn does not have the best arm in the world, but what he was really good at is he was on time in almost every situation, whether it's over the middle in most down and distances, if it's third and middle third and long, he needs to fit a pass in the timing is good there. So what does he need to change? It's mostly that. And I think the turnovers will be limited once that is found because some of the interceptions were the balls late. Some were just inaccurate, but most of them that the ball came two seconds late and the corner caught up or the safety is able to come down. So you're talking about the Ohio state game. The problem is though, like, yes, a lot of Wisconsin season rides on how Graham Mertz performs yet at the same time, the O line will be better. Braylon Allen's there, all that stuff. There does reach a point in some games where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the Ohio state game. It doesn't matter. Ohio state's so good that no matter how good he plays, like the difference in this sport is obviously quarterback play. You look at the NFL, all the great teams have the great quarterbacks. Sure. You look at college, all the Heisman are quarterbacks. Most of the great teams, except last year, win the national title with the best quarterback. Well, we got some wide receivers getting to some Heisman flair. Yes. A little run late, but again, that goes to how good your quarterback is. Yeah, so if Mertz can elevate himself and be somehow the second best quarterback in the conference behind C.J. Stroud, the roster, the talent level around him is still, when you go and play the elite tier of college football, there's still a very clear talent discrepancy there. So, so I'm in an interesting spot because I would love, obviously, like, all of me wants him to be great and play well and take the step. But I have a very hard time predicting what's going to happen because the more I think about it, I try to talk myself either way. I think about the evidence we've seen so far at the end of the day. I always come back to the fact that I don't really know. And I don't think any of us know no, yeah. that you could try to talk yourself into him being good, but that's more just hope. It isn't like we see signs one year and then we say, Oh, that's clear. He's going to make the big step. Because there are signs of both, yeah. and it's just plagued by inconsistency. Well, but you said, you know, on the offensive line front, I mean, obviously it's taken a step back these past couple of years. Uh, is that, I think I'm answering my own question, but that has a lot to do with it, does it not? I mean, po- G-Dubs says pocket presence is what Graham Mertz needs to do better. Pocket presence. That's part of it. Footwork, rhythm, that all has to do with timing. It all kind of works together. And a lot of that is recognition as well not necessarily knowing he's going to this guy no matter what, recognizing what defense uh, the defense is playing, what alignment they're in. So the offensive line definitely has a lot to do with it. You go back to the Penn State game. I argued after that loss that while Grammert's botched three goal line handoffs, and one of them might have been the fullback's fault, but the reason they lost is because they couldn't score from the one-yard line. Yeah which was very evident, but also you go throughout that game. Mertz never really had a chance. That offensive line couldn't hold up. And that was a, a new offensive line in many ways. That was against a good defensive line week one. You get it. So I think it'll help. But at the end of the day, it's all on him. Do you think, and I know <laughs> the folklore of Graham Mertz was at a, the pinnacle. And this was right away for that Illinois game. 
and I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but do, will we ever see a Graham Mertz, in your opinion, Ben, get to that level of a – I'm not saying – what, he, he made every pass besides one that was a drop ball. What was he, like 23 or 24 yeah, it or whatever pass. it was? Will we ever see – now, I know Illinois was a, as a down team, but will we ever see a level near that of a Graham Mertz moving forward? No, because other defenses will decide to put defenders within 20 yards of the receivers, which mm-hmm. that Illinois team did not. Like, I was – Obviously enthralled by that performance. It took us all by storm. Football wasn't supposed to happen. (laughs) Then it was happening. And then he does that. But then as time went on, I mean, you look back at the highlights of that game. I don't want to take anything away, but every receiver is running 15 yards free down the field. There were no tight window throws. There were no quick twitch decisions. But then once he got into last year, when the good teams came on the schedule, almost all of them, we're big time, tight window, got to make it throws. And overall, he made a couple. The two he made that you can point to are the Michigan game. Aside from that, yeah, that most a, of them were yeah. misses. So how many, because you look at that, that Illinois game, and say what, half of the Michigan game? Like, uh, he had a pretty good Michigan game. How, how many legit good games? And I'll throw the Illinois one in because you can't take a wave. The Badgers have played teams like in Illinois before. And their quarterback has never done anything like what Graham Mertz did. Like, we've played Illinois a bunch of times, or teams, you know, similar level, and you've never seen a Badger quarterback really do what Graham Mertz did. So, you know, you look at this, how many good games has Mertz really had for the Badgers? Could you count it on one hand? It depends how you evaluate good. They reached a point where good just meant don't turn the ball over three times. Yeah. But that doesn't mean play that well because a good game is different when you're playing Illinois and you hand the ball off to Braylon Allen 25 times. And when you're playing Minnesota and you need to actually throw the ball down the field. So I would say without going through and checking all the boxes, probably three or four good games. Yeah. Yeah. Because the rest, I mean, they, they've won a good, a lot of games, but I mean, look well, at Wisconsin's Wade. not built for a quarterback to the like they're built for a Braylon Allen to go do his thing. They're built for a quarterback. Well, I know, but like they their bread and butter is you hand the ball off to the running back and he does work. Yes, but if you put Caleb Williams in their offense, then the spread in the Big Ten championship game is pretty darn close to even. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a couple here uh comments coming in. Corey Marshall says if the same type of poor decision making play that was given by the quarterback last season. They're looking at a seven to five or an eight to four squad. So someone called in yesterday and said they were, they were concerned that the bowl streak was in jeopardy. And I want to throw that who out. Said that? Who was that? I forget exactly who it was. Man. Yeah. Same. It was Vagabond just, John. Maybe. Yeah. It was Vagabond Johnny. Cause yeah. he, said, he said he was having nightmares about it. So I, I want to put that aside. There's no way in the world. Wisconsin won't make a bowl game because their floor is so high. Because a lot of the teams they play, they're physically better than, and they they just have better players across the board. They'll beat the crap out of Illinois. Like, they'll beat the crap out of the Big Ten West. They haven't lost to Purdue in 15 years. And even if they're upset, there are multiple games like that. And then you have out of conference. I think the floor for this team, if you look through the schedule, is probably 7-5 and five is the worst-case scenario. But that is if mass injury happens and they lose every single significant game. I think eight and four is a realistic, disappointing season, but it's still eight and four. And then a good season would be anything that's winning the West, which would then mean nine and three at the worst, 10 and two. Sure. I mean, is the benchmark this season to get to the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else you can really 
equate yourself to or set as a level when you haven't done it in three years. That's, which is insane to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's another thing is as time goes on and they go more and more years without making it, we can't try to set our set sights higher than anything when, I mean, they've been a, a subpar football team in Big Ten West standards for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, on the conference of Graham Mertz, I got a message here from Secondhand Smoke John. Love you, Johnny. He says, Graham Mertz, confidence, the dude selling $30 t-shirts with his name on it. He is dripping with confidence. Off the field, I agree. Totally. If you... He said, and again, like, what do you want these players to say? Like, oh, I think we're going to get our asses handed to us September 24th against the Buckeyes. No, it's like, like Braylon Allen, when uh, you and Zach Heilpern, our sports director, when you guys interviewed him, he's like, I'm going to take us all day. Like, we're going to beat Ohio State. I'll play the clip coming up again. But looking at the schedule, Ben. One thing, by the way, that I don't want to see, Justin Clark transfer from Toledo, cornerback. Earlier, Pro Football College, Pro Football Focus does their stupid tweets to try to get engagement where they just tweet out random stats and saying, how unstoppable will this offense be with pictures of guys? And it was Ohio State. And their <laughs> offense is going to be unstoppable. But then Justin Clark quote tweeted it and said, not if we have anything to say about it. And, he, and he's an Ohio guy, so you get the yeah. the extra edge that he could come with. I don't really need to give that offense any more motivation. But I, I at the same time, I, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, I like it, though. But don't tweet it. Just I, don't tweet it. There's not. I like the bravado. Why like would you give them something to put on the bulletin board? You already are fighting who, a pretty darn uphill battle. And let's see here. Um, we were looking at this before Ohio State, before the Badgers. I think it's, is it is it Rutgers? No, Rutgers is after. It's Toledo. They played Toledo at the shoe before the Badgers. Then it's Wisconsin. And then after that, Rutgers at the shoe. So, I mean, they're obviously going to be circling that Wisconsin game because it goes, well, week one for them is Notre Dame, actually. Notre Dame, Arkansas State, Toledo, then the Badgers, and then they have Rutgers. Every, they have five home games in a row. That's crazy. You know this one, Benjamin? Turn this off. You know this song? Turn it off. You, you, so you know it? Yes. It's to be Psy Gangnam Style. Why? Why? I'm glad you asked. On this day in history, 10 years ago, this one-hit wonder drops and the world was never the same. On this day in history. Oh, oh. oh. Open Gundam style. Ben, it's the 10 year anniversary of the song. Isn't that crazy? Now I'm having a bad day. Why? You think it out of sight? Because you're still playing it. Oh, I'm waiting for the chorus, dude. Come on. Ugh. Is this bad because it gets stuck in your head? Is this taking you back? What were you, like 14 when the song came out? 13. I, I guess I'm just ripping Dropkick Murphys on the way home to get this out of my head. Wait for it. Open Gangnam Style. Perfect. Oh, Ben, the dance? Gangnam Style. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, Ben, you know the dance? I guarantee you did the dance. I turned my headphones off. I can't hear it. Ten years ago today. Oh, Gangnam Style. Oh, dude. Headphones are still off. Open Gangnam Style. No idea what he's saying, but it's fantastic. I think he eventually parlayed this into a remix of Snoop Dogg, and then he was never to be heard from again. Are we done? Well, you're you not liking it. it makes me want to play it even longer. No, yeah, we're done. Ten years ago today, the smash hit Gundam Style is released from the <sighs> South Korean artist known as Psy. 
All right, Ben. Uh, big sigh from you right there. I don't know if it's because of <laughs> sigh, the artist, or because we probably see a legend uh, nearing his end. We've said this a lot about Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods, though, uh, walking down uh, the 18th hole there at the Open, and a lot of tears coming down his eyes. He's he tips his cap. Big applause from the crowd. I think the end is uh, and the end is near, especially at like you said at that course, right? So, yeah, Tiger Woods looking like uh, the career is just about done. But well, how, many, how many times have we said The end Tiger? playing the Open at this course, because it only comes around every five years, we will definitely see him at Augusta sure. for the foreseeable future. He's also one to not really want to think about the finality of all of it. That's the sense I've gotten. So there's a bridge that connects where they tee it off and the rest of the fairway. It's a very famous bridge. Over time, all of the greats, as they say goodbye to this course, which is the home of golf, yeah, the most famous course in the world. This is the 150th playing of this tournament, yeah. but golf was pretty much founded at this course yeah, yeah, yeah. before the American Revolution. So many greats have waved, stopped at the bridge and waved, and that's the very iconic moment. Arnold Palmer did it. Jack Nicklaus did it. Tiger... Not a fan of that because he wants to still think that he would come back here and compete in five years. So he did take the hat off. He walked across the bridge, did not stop. And then, yes, a rousing ovation. Uh, he was fighting back tears. It's emotional. Wearing white, white hat, white long sleeve, gray pants, white shoes, Tiger Woods. Yeah, he looks good. He looks very good. There he is, wiping the tears away. So, yeah, the, the new... I, I love you, Tiger. I the new reality sucks because he needs to play tournaments during the year to get a feel. Part of the reason he was bad this week is because he had no feel around the greens, and that's stuff you only get from tournaments. <laughs> but he's physically unable to play often, so it's tough. Just okay. a big old standing ovation. As I said earlier, I think if he leans into struggling, it'll be awesome from the fans' perspective if he becomes relatable Tiger. Yeah. It's so hard. I mean, you're talking about guys like entering their career and like calling it a quits or at the, at the end. It's so rare for an all timer, a great, to call it out on his own terms. I mean, you very rarely ever get it. Like, look at Brett Favre, for example, uh, here for uh, Wisconsin Knights and Packer fans. The dude ended up being a Jet and a Minnesota Viking mm-hmm. to stick it to the Green Bay Packers because they wouldn't, you know, let Brett Favre end it on his own terms. But I get it because at the end of the day, what is it? It's a business. And the business side of things rears its ugly head. You could be an all-time legend. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a new GM coming in. It almost happened to Aaron Rodgers with the drafting of Jordan Love. I'm like, you're an all-time legend. You get a new guy in here who wants to put his own thumper in on the team. And Rodgers did have a down year in 2018. Uh, but then, you know, if they draft Jordan Love, Rodgers needs four fingers of tequila. He's like, man, what am I going to do with my career? And then there's that riff, right, between the, you know, Grude Kunst and, and the front office and, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, it worked out well for Aaron Rodgers in a sense of you know, turning back the hands of time, being two-time now MVP after the fact. Uh, but Ben, Aaron Rodgers has now said, you know, I'm not going to play anywhere. What do you say over the offseason? I'm not going to play anywhere else. I'm only going to be a Green Bay Packer. question is, do you believe him? Because yeah. no one can really call it quits uh, on their own terms. It's very rare in sports. Well, I believe him because I think he has it in him to retire while he still has a lot of good football left. Like Tom Brady, clearly, when he retired this offseason, he still has game left, Mm. and I think it ate him alive to know that he could still go out and compete, and we saw him come back. I think Rodgers has it in him 
to be able to say goodbye sure. while he is still at close to the top of his game. And how many? I mean, for you, how many Eagles or Phillies have been able, to, like all timers, been able to call it quits on their own terms? None of them. Yeah, it's, it's just, it doesn't happen. Absolutely none of them, which is a damn shame. It like never happens in sports. Jason Peters should have retired in 2018. It's it's crazy. All right, we got phone lines blowing up. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? It's Z in the D I, I kid you not. When I played Gangnam Style, I said in the back of my brain, I go, I bet you Z calls in. <laughs> of course. What's yep, up, dude? What's I happening? Love- this is oh, Z's anthem. It was an anthem. I feel, like, I feel like you would I feel like you would jam some Psy Gangnam Style, and then the next song will be like LMFAO shots. <laughs> uh, actually, LMFAO Party Rock Anthem. Oh, that's a good one. I bet you had the dance down, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So with the- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The banana hammock. Oh, yeah. Sure as crap. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about great farewells, and it hurts me to say this. I thought Derek Jeter's was pretty good. Yeah, I had yeah, that one yeah. written down. That's a good one. I, I want to uh, know before, you better not say this name. If anybody says the name of the former Duke head coach today, I'm cutting I'm off not. the phone call immediately. No, no, I will not say him. We will not give him well, the hey, time that he deserves. Look at Roy Williams for the North Carolina. The Badgers broke him. The Badgers sent Roy Williams into retirement. He couldn't call it on his own terms. The Badgers in their whatever season that was, leading into March Madness, it looked abysmal. They ended Roy Williams. Yeah. So you, I mean, boom. Do you think Roy Williams in the back of his head said, hey, this is it this year? and then just No, Badgers anything? broke him. Badgers broke him. Or do you think he was just like, this is the chip and straw. I'm going to have my assistant coach take over. Badgers here. broke him. Wow. Well, who who broke broke Bo Ryan then? Duke, Greg uh, Gard. Yeah, uh, but uh, Mariano Something Rivera. Else. <laughs> yes, I, was, I wasn't going to say what it was. But yeah, Rivera. Mariano, yeah, uh, I think Payne Manning maybe. Well, that's a little different. Like that's, yes and no, because I feel like you know the Colts kind of turned their back on him, but also he had that neck injury. So what did you want them to do? No, right? but then he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I mean the moment of saying goodbye no matter what setting it's in, was memorable. I would say Peyton's was. Yeah, I kind of shed a tear when uh, David Ortiz lost in the uh, L- ALDS. I definitely did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Red Sox. I can tell you my my father did. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, there's some great ones out there, but, yeah, I mean, and I hate to say it, but the Yankees so far are on the top of my list so far, even though, you know, I don't, I hate the Yankees in general, just what they stand for, but I respect Derek Jeter. I respect Mariano Rivera. They play the game right. You know, Jeter wasn't always the best shortstop, but he knew he was going to be there. <laughs> well, what about, what's the, uh, yeah, I'm with you though. I'm John, with you. John Elway stepped down when he wanted to. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was yep. a good one. That one, I don't know if I was alive for, but. Definitely on I, the list. I don't know if he's an all timer, but I was thinking not. The, you were minor two, I think. The Steelers won the Super Bowl and Jerome Bettis called it quits. Yep. Yeah. That was that, one where he walked off on his own. I mean, I wrote down Andrew Luck because it's memorable for not the emotional part of it. He just retired during yeah, a preseason game. Well, he wanted to too. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, but I'm thinking like the moment Tiger just had where they're able to walk off maybe in front of the home crowd, but in front of some crowd. And yeah. there's that moment. I guess Pujols kind of had one years ago when he came back to St. Louis, <laughs> but he's still going. He's a legend. The one a legacy about, pick. So when you could tie on like a great phase to end it off, like, so Jerome Bennett, they're like, bus, is this the final stop? And he's like, I believe this is the final stop for the bus. Yeah. And I think yeah. if you can tie Beautiful. on something like that wordplay with that, I think that's what makes it even a little bit better. Totally. Z, yeah. we love you, buddy. 
Love it, you guys. Be safe this weekend. Don't get too crazy. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. No, we love you, bud. See you. Line number two, good morning. Pac fan Ryan, boy. Oh, my guy, Pac fan. What up? You know who's, you know who's never retiring? The Boaz uh, Lonesome Dove softball team. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have the we power. never quit. Pepin, they have the power of the Boaz Mastodon compelling them. They'll never quit. Exactly. It's uh, <laughs> Boaz Fun Days this weekend for all the listeners out oh, there. Free, dude. free master, Mastodon rides in the park. No, I, don't, I don't know, if Ben. Ben, do you know about the Boaz Mastodon? I know nothing. I am hearing this for the first would time. Would you like to tell uh, Phil and uh, young Ben Kenny about the Boaz Mastodon? Yes, in the 1800s, 1896 or 7, something like that, these three young boys from the town of Boaz found a mastodon bone after a big flood came through. Yep. And it's the first mastodon ever found in Wisconsin. Ooh. They only found one bone, and it can be found at the University of uh, Wisconsin's museum. You can actually go check it out there. The power of the Boaz mastodon is all around us, the spirit. I like to think him and Harambe are hanging out having beers together. Easily. Easily. Uh, I think Harambe's riding the Boaz Mastodon and probably be in spirit this weekend. Oh, I can only get so excited, Pac fan. My God. What's the plan then for a is it gonna be a bad, bad day to be a Coors banquet this uh, Saturday and Sunday? Well, maybe at night. You gotta you gotta pace yourself because uh our first softball game is at eleven o'clock tonight. So. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Our first game's at eleven PM tonight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's almost as bad as uh, another caller who said uh, we're going on headlining at 1 a.m. playing with their band. Oh, no. That's, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you got to definitely pace yourself. No, don't pace yourself. The spirit of the Boaz Mastodon will lift you up. That's true. I Drink like a Mastodon. Drink like a Mastodon. I'm just going to send it. Yeah, send it. Drink like a Mastodon. Come on down to Boaz this weekend, everybody. Love it. Pack for new man, brother. Later, boys. <laughs> Yeah, but there you go, a little Wisconsin history out there, the Boaz Mastodon.